This is a News Laundry podcast and you're listening to NL Interviews. Hello and welcome to News Laundry podcast. Today I have with us Rohit Chakravarti with me. Uh, Rohit is a PhD student at the Leibniz Institute of Zoo Wildlife Research in Berlin, Germany. Did I pronounce that correctly, Rohit? Is it Leibniz uh, it's or Leibniz? It's Leibniz. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Leibniz Institute of Zoo and Wildlife Research in Berlin. Uh, I've got him on board with me to talk about bats, the dreaded mammals that have been much in news over the past two months. Uh, Rohit is also studying bats in the Himalayas of Uttarakhand to make sense of how they live. So you divide your time between Berlin and Uttarakhand, huh? Yes, I, I do. And currently you're in Uttarakhand. No, currently I'm at home in Nagpur. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, and where in Uttarakhand exactly do you, so you switch your time between uh, studying in Berlin and then I think for two months you're in Uttarakhand. Where exactly in Uttarakhand do you uh, base so yourself? I go, to, uh, I go to Kedarnath Wildlife Sanctuary, which is uh, a little, uh, I mean, it's not all the, you don't have to go all the way up to the temple. It's way ahead of the temple. And uh, so, yeah, so that's where I do my uh, field work. And then I I do my analysis, my writing, everything in Germany. Okay. And mm-hmm. uh, so how long have you been uh, stalking bats? Uh, it's been, uh, I started, uh, I started uh, studying bats in my, during my master's dissertation, which was in 2013-14. And I started okay. working on bats in Uttarakhand since 2016. Wow. And and why yeah. bats, if I may ask you, like what fascinated you about uh, bats? Uh, so uh, it was mainly, uh, I mean, I, I always liked bats and I got interested in bats uh, because, uh, so, so so firstly, I, uh, when I when I got my first book on wildlife, uh, I got it, the, the book that I got was the book of Indian uh, mammals and uh, my eyes immediately fell upon you the bats. the first book you read or the first book you wrote? Uh, no, no, no. This was the first book uh, that was gifted to me by my aunt way back in 2005. Oh. So, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> So then my eyes fell on bats, but uh, you, you know, they're nocturnal and they're not very easy to see. So I, I could never see them and my interest could not develop properly. But then one fine day, uh, we uh, we got a bat, uh, a fruit, fruit-eating bat that came into our dustbin and it was feeding on rotten bananas. So that was my mm-hmm. first sighting of a bat up close and personal. And that got me interested okay. in bats. And since then, I've been... Uh, and and when I started doing my master's, I took a decision that I wanted to study bats. Nice. Okay, so I'm going to jump in straight into why uh, I've called you today. I've also been quite fascinated with bats uh, since Corona started making news. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, you know, um, we don't know enough yet about what sparked the spread of COVID-19 in terms of the exact animal that, you know, it jumped from. Uh, there mm-hmm. are theories that it came from a bat to a pangolin to humans, which I think is now largely accepted, but I guess there's more research that needs to be done. Yeah. But there have been other zoonotic diseases like Nipah, SARS, mm-hmm. that have also traced back to bats. So I want to first ask you, so I, I mean, to me, it was quite fascinating that here's a creature that's the source of such deadly pandemics, you know. So mm-hmm. I, And I was quite fascinated how is it that this, uh, how are bats, uh, managing to be hosts of such deadly pathogens. So my first question to you is actually like, what is so special about bats that they've, you know, they host these uh, supposed viruses that 
you know there are okay. graded leaders. so uh, so bats are uh, a really diverse group of mammals i mean there there are more than a thousand species found in the whole world and each of them has uh, their own uh, lifestyle i mean some eat insects a lot of i mean most most bats eat insects and a lot of them eat fruits but then then there, there are also bats that eat uh eat fish then bats that eat uh that drink blood they they actually are vampire bats which but they do not drink human blood so that's that's the okay. key that's the key point to remember <laughs> so uh so there's a whole diversity i just want to fish when you say bats the bats that eat fish do they like hunt for them like how do they hunt for them do they dive underwater yeah. for fish no they don't they don't dive underwater but they have long legs so if you've seen how uh, how for example a bald eagle hunts fish it goes it sails a little over the water and then it just uh, puts its talons underwater and it catches fish that fish that come to the surface so that's how bats hunt fish and they and these bats are found in south america Oh, okay so bats have a, a range of lifestyles and uh, all of these lifestyles different lifestyles expose them to different uh, animals and to different viruses and uh, a lot of bats live in caves where uh, and they can live in really large colonies for example the largest colony uh, which is in the united states has 15 million bats in a cave so that's wow. that's a huge number and a lot of times uh, many different species come and live together so now all of these species exposed to different viruses living together in one flat so to say are very easily exposed to viruses from uh, from each other from from their own flatmates so okay. so that's how bats get viruses onto them now mm. the interesting part is about how they keep the viruses on them without being without dying themselves and that is yeah, where i mean they must have a crazy immunity or something exactly so that's you you absolutely right they have they have uh, an extraordinary immune system uh, and uh, without getting into the technicalities uh, there are two there are two main uh, ways in which this immune system functions and both of which are currently still being studied so so take everything that i say uh, as a preliminary result it's not it's not the exact theory so so one uh, so, so one group of scientists believes that um, when bats fly they they generate a lot of energy and they produce a lot of heat inside their bodies and this okay. is a, this is a lot of heat compared to uh, when bats are resting when bats are resting they are just absolutely uh, for example imagine a hibernating bat that's a bat is as good as being dead at that time it's it's heart beats okay. only once or twice in a minute so oh. and but when a bat flies yeah that uh, so when they hibernate they're, they're really almost dead so uh, but when a bat flies its heart is pumping uh, constantly it's producing a lot of energy inside and a lot of heat inside and that heat acts like a fever and mm. so when we get a fever our fever is basically a response to uh, the virus that has infected or to whatever pathogen has uh, that has infected us so bats produce this uh, like they simulate a this uh, simulate a fever inside themselves when they fly and that protects mm. them from uh, a viral infection uh, then the other mechanism is their uh, their dna uh, repair mechanisms are very different from most other animals and that also allows them to fight viruses so they keep the viruses alive in their bodies but the viruses do not affect them 
Whoa, that's quite. So, what is uh, what is the difference in their DNA? Uh, unfortunately, it's not easy to explain without the technicalities. So, Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> Uh okay. <laughs> so uh so the thing is that uh when they fly their cells uh keep rupturing because there's so much you know uh, so much physical exercise going on. Uh mm-hmm. so the cells keep rupturing and then these free cells uh start moving around in the body. And okay. uh these free cells need to be eliminated one way or the other. Uh most animals uh really pump up their uh their uh cell repair mechanisms and at this stage uh, mm-hmm. which causes inflammations or which causes uh, allergic reactions or whatever but mm-hmm. in bats uh, they uh, they know how to control this so they do it in a very very controlled manner so that mm-hmm. the body does not go into an overdrive and mm-hmm. um, but at the same time they're constantly repairing their dna so which means that uh, oh. so so it's it's one part of immunology that even i have trouble wrapping my head around so okay. <laughs> and uh, so so my explanation is certainly not the best but uh, but this is in just how the uh, things work okay that's quite fascinating and yeah. how often do bats fly like in a day do they fly twice or like what's their mm-hmm. yeah but uh, but bats that live in caves they also fly around a little bit because uh, there's so many of them packed in one uh, one cave that they need to constantly uh, shift their positions so for so in in so cave bats tend to move a lot more they tend to fly around a lot more there than bats that say that live in uh, inside pipelines or that live in crevices in your houses they they just sleep throughout the day and then they fly out at night Okay. So so typically it's it's twice a day but for cave bats uh, maybe uh maybe four or five quick uh flights and then at night of course they're flying most of the time. I wanted to ask you that in China in mm-hmm. Wuhan um or I mean in maybe China or Southeast Asia uh what are the bats from where these uh vi- like coronavirus for example is it a particular bat that uh, the virus comes from like is it a fruit eating bat or is it a you know a fish eating bat is there some uh, connection that we know of yeah so uh, coronaviruses uh, have been uh, this they seem to have originated well not probably not all coronaviruses but the the coronavirus that was related to the SARS outbreak uh and the covid-19 outbreak they seem to have originated in a bat called uh the uh the intermediate horseshoe bat and uh so so these so these are small insectivorous bats and they're called horseshoe bats because they have very funny faces they're uh they have a really broad nose that looks like a horseshoe so okay. the Yeah so 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 these are insectivorous bats that typically live in uh in caves in forests hmm. so they're not found very close to human habitation and oh. yeah so now um given the outbreak there's a lot of uh, i mean a regular person or even i mean not even regular person even people in the media and all there's a lot of feeling that bats are dirty or they're just like dangerous creatures Are they useless? Are they should probably be treated like women and shot dead. So, as someone who's been talking bats and following bats, fascinated with bats for a while, um, what do you think? Is there like 
Is that good to some of the fears that we have of the bat? No, maybe uh, the the fears are definitely extremely exaggerated. Uh, I mean, bats bats have been living all around us for for centuries, and uh, it's just that uh, I mean, I I definitely have a bat right now in my own house somewhere, hiding somewhere in a pipeline or a crack in my uh, in my house, but mm. I don't know about it. And that's how that's how good bats are at. you know keeping their their own space they're not they're not like your friendly neighborhood uncle who pokes in all your family matters they live close to you but they they know how to mind their own business okay. so um so bats are bats have been living all around us and uh they probably have been carrying viruses so there's really no reason to fear at this stage when there's a coronavirus outbreak for for reasons that are Uh, that are more man-made than uh, naturally occurring. So, um, so bats are definitely not uh, animals to be scared of, mm. and they're not dirty because uh, they, well, by by human standards, all animals are dirty. And I sometimes feel that humans, it would help humans to get a little dirty so that we can pump up our immune systems. <laughs> so, but. Uh, but bats are uh, bats are not dirty animals they they uh, groom themselves uh, quite a quite a lot of times when they when they're roosting in the cave they groom themselves a bit then when they fly out at night to, to forage and they take a break they groom themselves so so bats try to keep themselves clean and uh, i've i've handled a lot of bats in my life for research so i've seen their fur really closely Mm. and some bats have really long silky smooth fur mm. which and this is without any digitization that they do in the shampoo as they are just naturally smooth and silky <laughs> <laughs> so so you were saying that this is man made now explain to me what you mean mm-hmm. say that uh, what we're seeing with outbreaks is maybe originated in bats but but the problem is man made yes exactly so uh, the the virus definitely uh, well not definitely but the virus uh, with a lot of confidence uh, with one can say that the virus seems to have originated in bats mm. but uh, it does not uh, it does not happen this way that the virus suddenly wakes up one fine morning and says okay i'm i'm bored of living in a bat's body now i want to live in a human body no there has to be direct physical contact somewhere or the other and in most cases this happens uh, when humans encroach into forests and um, there are a lot of bat species that there are a lot more species of bats that live in forests than uh, they live in cities so uh, so we are exposed to these forest bats and when we hunt bats or even even the simple act of uh, deforesting uh, large tracts of forest can stress bats and when a bat is in stress its immune system doesn't work very efficiently that's that's true for all animals in general mm-hmm. the immune systems that do not work uh, efficiently and then that causes them to get infected and also to shed viruses onto humans who handle them or who eat them or kill them mm-hmm. and uh it's not that uh humans have not been eating have have not been eating bats people have been eating bats for centuries but now uh what's changing is the scale at which this is happening mm. earlier this used to be more of a local phenomenon mm. now consumption is going out of forests into cities into villages and even across borders into different countries and sometimes even live animals are transported and when live animals are transported in stressful unsanitary conditions there's a higher possibility 
that a human being will come in contact with a bat virus. When left alone in nature, these events are extremely rare. But when uh, when bats and humans are pitted against each other in stressful conditions, stressful for bats, then uh, the chances of contracting diseases are extremely high. So uh, traditionally, whatever which um, like tribes or which people uh, do do we, uh, do we have a bat eating tradition in India? Are there any uh, tribes or forest dwellers who yeah. eat bats? Very, very, very much so. Uh, there are, there are uh, almost, almost every forest dwelling community uh, uh, has a bat hunting. Almost every forest dwelling community that I know of has a bat hunting tradition, uh, and these are particularly uh, common in Nagaland or uh, even in northern Orissa, Chhattisgarh. Then further down south uh, uh, in in West Bengal as well. Then further down south in uh, in Tamil Nadu and uh, Kerala, a lot of tribes do eat bats. And even even in the Andaman Islands, where I did my master's dissertation, bat hunting was extremely rampant. And but uh, so if there were forest dwellers uh, eating uh, hunting bats, how is it that they don't get the? They're not like attacked by the viruses in them because you're eating the flesh i mean is it the cooking style you cook it along or i think the problem is just with uh, surveillance hmm. and these some of these tribes are so isolated that uh, nobody has gone out and surveyed the, the diseases or uh, not it, it need not be diseases but you know even when a virus comes into your body your body starts producing antibodies hmm. so that's like a preliminary indication that there's a foreign particle in your body hmm. and uh, nobody's gone out and studied these tribes in uh, in such detail that you know whether they have viruses or not or whether they're producing antibodies against viruses or not hmm. so uh, the surveillance is definitely uh, one of the problems and also you don't come to know of outbreaks i mean even if somebody has died out of it hmm. they some of these tribes are just so isolated that you don't come to know about it so you would say that you'd argue that eating bats is not I mean, it's not something new or something to be frowned upon in in localized mm-hmm. uh, small settings where you have forest dwellers. It's been a tradition of sorts to eat bats and and to live off. Certainly, I think uh, a lot of uh, tribes, which uh, well, of course, of course, tribal cultures are also changing very rapidly, and they don't. Uh, a lot of them don't definitely need to. Um, uh, sustain on wild meat for uh, for their protein uh, for their protein intake, mm. but of course, uncontacted tribes. There are a lot of uncontacted untalk, uncontacted tribes or uh, tribes which uh, have very different uh, social and um, uh, which have very different social cultures than us. And bat hunting is something that definitely should not be should not be frowned upon. Mm. But you you especially when people are doing it for their protein intake. Okay, but but. Uh, you'd say the problem is more when it's happening at a large scale or uh, yes, when it's certainly. reaching out to communities that can't really hunt it. So, I mean, basically, it's fine if you're hunting a bat and eating it, but someone else hunting it for you and then making it a large scale operation and then, uh, you know, putting them uh, in life certainly. is what's uh, causing issues now. Yes, certainly. I think that's the thing for a lot of mm-hmm. uh, animal consumption that humans do, I guess. I mean, Eating local maybe is yeah, I mean that's the old mantra also that if you if you're eating it and it's locally yeah. found there, it's fine. But if you're 
if you're doing it in an industrial way yeah. and and are there any superstitions related to bat body parts like i believe pangolin scales are eaten in china because they feel that it can mm. potency um and bats mm-hmm. there's also a lot of like uh, a black magic voodoo sort of associations with bats so yeah are there any uh, <laughs> i mean are there have you come across any of these beliefs when you studied uh, bats in india or uh yes uh i remember uh talking to uh, a bengali couple in uh in uh, in the andamans where i was doing my dissertation and uh they told me that uh i mean everybody everybody used to get excited when they found out that i was studying bats because they thought that i would catch a bat and give it to them <laughs> which never happened okay. but <laughs> but uh, but people claim that uh, it treats uh, diseases like jaundice asthma mm. and uh, yeah i can i can i can only think of jaundice and asthma right now mm. but i have absolutely no uh, clue where they get this uh, information from or is it personal one off experience that makes them think that this is this is the the ultimate cure for jaundice and asthma so i don't but but there's definitely uh, nothing scientifically proven and it's it's all local belief in my opinion okay so considering there is the black magic aspect of bats because of which they're quite malign there's the corona mm-hmm. the virus now it's you know they're also mm-hmm. malign for sort of having viruses what is the use of a bat i mean what why is it important to us in terms of um having them around us having them in our forests what is what is their purpose <laughs> okay that's yeah that's i mean i'm glad that we're switching over to the positive aspects of bats now <laughs> and that's the fun part that's the the part i'd like talking about the most uh so they're small insectivorous bats uh which um i mean small insectivorous bats are hardly 5 or 10 grams in in body weight they're really small but they're voracious eaters okay yeah they they're really small i mean i've even had them in india that, yeah 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 i mean you have them around your houses oh. even just just go uh, just go out at dusk and uh, watch any street mm. light uh, you'll find you'll find small bats flying around mm. them catching insects and those bats are really small i mean the smallest that i've handled in my life is 3 grams okay so they they're tiny but they're voracious eaters and uh, and these bats that eat insects the small bats they can eat up to a single bat can eat up to 500 insects in a night so imagine what the whole uh, community of bats might be doing in our surroundings and these uh, the insects that they eat are pests so they save us from a lot of uh, economic losses in agriculture on and even in health because because they also do uh, eat mosquitoes not at the same scale as they eat other insects but they also eat mosquitoes mm. so they they create the beneficial for uh, for our own health especially in our own surroundings and uh, there are fruit eating bats which pollinate uh, flowers of different uh, plants and they also disperse seeds so that they allow forest to regenerate and allow forest to grow uh, wider and there's one one key species one key pollinator uh which i'd like to talk about and that's an instant uh that this this particular trivia instantly makes all people of our generation uh start liking mm-hmm. bats because if there were no bats there would not have been any tequila oh. so okay so the bat that pollinates the uh, the agave flower from which tequila is produced 
uh yeah it, i mean it's a bat pollinated flower so so if there was if there was no bat the plant would not have reproduced and there would not have been any tequila so no bats no parties no tequila <laughs> and this is in mexico i'm guessing this bat yes. is found in so and these bats are really interesting because they uh when the uh, when the agave flower blooms mm-hmm. it creates like a nectar corridor between uh mexico and central america so these bats follow that nectar corridor and they migrate south and then uh yeah so 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 they migrate south when the the agave and then they pollinate it in uh, yeah. the tequila <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay so um i wanted to know in india how is the relationship that what is the human bat relationship do communities uh, communities fear mm-hmm. them uh, or do they look at them as necessary you know uh, uh, you know agents Uh, you did say that they are hunted in some communities yeah. but what is the general sort of what uh, is it i think the the relationship is not very cordial and uh, bats are either feared or they are uh, hmm. ignored so for example in uttarakhand when i started working over there uh, and i would ask people if they've seen bats in their villages and in most cases people would just say no yahan to chamkadar hmm. hote hi nahi hai and and in their own villages i've caught about 6 or 10 species of bats so 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 people uh, in some places people are just ignorant but in the northeast where uh, or in the andamans where people are more uh, uh, connected with nature where people actively go around uh, forests or also hunt a lot of uh, wildlife those people know a lot about bats and uh, you can you can often hear a lot of trivia from them and a lot of local knowledge about bats from them but generally the perception of bats is uh, really negative and the main reason behind that is uh, ever since we are born we are start we are told negative stories mm-hmm. about bats and and this this holds true even for me when uh, i've grown up hearing stories about how bats get entangled in your mm-hmm. hair or how bats drink yeah. human blood how they snatch your yeah. eyes etc so so these myths uh, definitely go against the perception of bats and that's something that we really need to change uh, in our society and now add to that the fear mm. of diseases so the important points about bats that they eat insects that they uh, save uh that they save us from economic losses etc are never highlighted and that's something we need to work towards highlighting right okay. now okay and so okay to end what would you want to sort of give as a message to uh, the world or people right now you know myths of coronavirus myths of the covid-19 pandemic uh, with regard to bats okay so the first and the most important message uh, particularly again for people of our generation go around keep checking your parents mobile phones and see what fake messages they get on whatsapp that's been my routine for the last uh, ever since i've been on lockdown that's been my routine i've been checking my father's messages and whenever there's for a fake message uh, be it about bats or anything else just educate your parents and because this is the main reason why a lot of uh, negativity uh, around bats is uh getting i mean there's there's a lot of exaggerated negativity around bats right now because of uh mm. because of fake news so one that then secondly go around uh teach people of the younger generation teach people of the older generation that whatever they think about bats is not right and bats are not uh the evil animals that they've been 
portrayed as for so many generations now and bats are actually the most gentle and docile animals and i'm saying this of after handling more than a thousand bats and and they've always been mm. very gentle in my hands so so bats are really gentle animals and this third thing uh, which i actually want uh, the government to note is that uh, only two species of bats are protected in india and that's a shame because we have more than 120 species and a lot of species are actually very endangered and they and we really need to reassess uh, uh, our priorities and unlike popular belief bats may be small but they are exceptionally long lived small bats can i mean they can they can live for up to 20 years which is more than what a tiger lives oh wow and they give they give yeah they they really long lived the current world record holder uh in bats is 41 years in russia oh wow so and that's 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 two times that's double uh the amount of uh, the the number of years that a, that a tiger lives so um, and and bats are also slow breeders they they breed only once in a year and they give only at the most mm. two pups in 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 a year so uh, with putting all of this into uh, into the picture we need to we need to reassess which species of bats need to be protected and uh, yeah and we we need to work towards protection towards bats at the at the constitutional level and maybe i think we should stay out of their way also and not stress them out or yes thanks thanks for speaking <laughs> thanks for reminding me of that very very important point uh in a normal situation i would not use this quote but uh these are extraordinary circumstances so i would i would use it and uh which is ki mujh pe ye ehsaan karna ki mujh par koi ehsaan mat karna and that is extremely true for bats because the best way to just avoid all of these viruses is just to let bats be i mean just just keep them away just let them to go around their normal lives don't don't stress them out and everything will be fine so like yeah if or i think deforestation um we don't think of it at all i mean i guess these are also the impacts of our rampant sort of um mm-hmm. deforestation where we're encroaching on their forest land you know their homes basically yeah or if we're hunting them at a scale not um, yes. you know which is not really been done i think those are the ways to avoid uh, bats uh, viruses rather yeah, than just certainly and and even uh, i mean we don't even need to talk about forest we have bats even in our own houses and if there is a bat in your house which you have found just let it be i mean it uh, all it needs is a, is its own space it's never uh, and and it won't ever trouble you it just goes around feeding by its mm-hmm. own it comes back and sleeps so just think of it as a free tenant living in your house <laughs> okay great great thanks so much for it but thanks a lot for for having for having this conversation and thanks a lot for uh, giving focus on uh, giving focus to bats yeah and i hope uh, yeah i hope they're less maligned going ahead <laughs> i mean let's yeah, hope yeah. this has an impact <laughs> no thanks a lot thanks a lot manisha bye all the news laundry podcasts are available on stitcher itunes and any other podcast platform Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.